0: We are taking a break from the story. Uh, We will resume on December 28th with uh, week 13. Uh, Thank you for your, uh, there are lots of people that are excited about the story and we're just going to take a break. So a big reason in that is that we in the story get to Easter at Easter. Uh, We also want to focus on Christmas for three weeks beginning today. And I want to talk about some Christmas questions, Christmas questions. All around you, you can see the signs of the season, can't you? Our stage looks different thanks to our decorating team. It's beautiful, lights, and the evergreens, the trees. You look at people's yards and houses. They have blow-up snowmen and reindeers on the roof. You, there are so many signs. There are so many symbols of Christmas. You can lose sight of the answer to a very important question. What is the most important sign of Christmas. What is the most important sign of Christmas? I think it's important in our lives not to get in a rut. I think it's important in our lives to continually thinking about how what are the best activities we can be involved in. What is the best use of my resources? And I think this question will help us in this Christmas season to make it one of the best ever. What is the most important sign of Christmas? To answer that question, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture we read probably every December. But I want you to listen to it today as it's on the screen. And in itself, this passage answers the question. We'll read together. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Uh, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, this sign which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You heard it there. See, there are all kinds of things that will vie for your attention this December. But my encouragement to you is to remember that what this says to us is the most important sign is this baby lying in a manger. How is it that we can stay focused on Jesus amidst all the activity? I think we can use the activities of the season to draw our focus to Jesus. Let me explain. First, we can listen to the songs. Music has always been such a powerful force, of powerful influence. It's been that way with Christmas music for 2,000 years. Maybe you don't know, but Christmas was actually banned in England for a time. The celebration of Christmas had devolved in the time of the Puritans, the mid-1600s. It had devolved into a 12-day kind of festival-slash-riot party. People would drink and all kinds of things that weren't pleasing to God would happen. And so the Puritans, led by Oliver Cromwell, they actually banned all celebrations of Christmas. A Christian nation. And you can understand their reasoning. But it also was perhaps an overreaction. In fact, we know it was. It is not Christ. That is the problem. And it's not the celebration of Christmas that is a problem. It's how we do it. And you know that the way back for them was to emphasize Christmas carols and the message of the season. You see, we hear that familiar music in the Christmas songs, and sometimes our minds can slip into autopilot. My encouragement to you is this year, as you hear the Christmas songs, to hear the message Travis Tritt, a country music legend, before he made it big, he traveled all around the country and often played in these out-of-way places, uh, bars, where there were a pretty rough crowd. And occasionally, as the night went on, the bar crowd would start getting restless and rowdy as they drank and, and carried on, and they'd get to the point where they were about to have a fight where people were grabbing for the pool cues and thinking about going out their truck to get something to come back in and whip somebody. And Travis Tritt, when he read the mood of his audience, he said he would always do this. He would start playing on his guitar, Silent Night. Even if it was in the midst of hot July, he'd start playing Silent Night. and Inevitably, the tension in the room would go down. And sometimes even... These people who are about ready to kill one another would link arms and weep, as they sang. Similarly, I'm reminded of one Christmas Eve in the fields of Belgium, World War I. A Canadian lieutenant had a piano brought to the front lines. In the front lines, they had trenches. There was a place called No Man's Land where the armies faced off across the field from one another. The Germans on one side, the Allied forces on the other. And this night, this night on that piano, they began to play Christmas songs. And you could hear the Canadians and the Americans singing a silent night, holy night. And then to their amazement, they could hear coming back across the field, still a Nacht, Heiliger Nacht, the German version of Silent Night, Holy Night. And an allied soldier got up out of the trench and stood and sang. And a German soldier rose from the other side and stood and sang. Easily they could have been picked off by rifle from one another. But for one night, for one night, the peace of Christ reigned. Now who's to say that there has to be just one night or one day for you to hear and to see the sign that is Luke tells us about, the sign of this Jesus. In the songs, you can see Jesus if you listen. How about Christmas cards? You see him in every common activity. You can if you focus on that. If you... Make yourself do that in Christmas cards. Think about it. To get a Christmas card, you're on somebody's Christmas card list. Somebody cares about you enough to send you a card, to buy a stamp, and and to take that effort to get you a card. When you see a Christmas card or you write a Christmas card, you can think about this, that you are on God's list. Jesus, this baby, as the angel said, was the Lord, the Messiah, the one come so that all who sinned might be forgiven if they believed. So all could come back into fellowship with God. Every time you see a Christmas card, know this, that you're on his list. How about the Christmas decorations? One man said this about the Christmas decorations, how he sees Jesus in all of the decorations. When I see a Christmas tree, I'm reminded that the first Adam took the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil from his wife and sinned against the holy God. (coughs) But that the second Adam, Jesus, took the fruit of that sin and bled and died on another tree to pay the price of that sin. When I smell the scent of the evergreen, I'm reminded that I have new life because Jesus died on the cross to give me everlasting life. The ornaments hanging on the tree. They also remind me of what Jesus has done for me. When I see the red ones, I think of the blood of Jesus that was shed for my salvation. The silver and the gold, they remind me of God's blessings in my life. And the candy cane reminds me that Jesus is the good shepherd. The white stripes remind me that Jesus was sinless. The red stripes that he shed his blood for me. Both colors of stripes remind me that my spiritual healing comes only through his stripes. And the angel on the top of the tree reminds me of my responsibility to tell the world that Jesus has come, just as the angel of old did with the shepherds in the field. In those decorations, instead of distracting you from Jesus, you can see him in them. How about with Christmas presents? As you go and buy presents for those that you care about, you can think about this, uh, that God gave his best gift. To you." It's in that spirit that we should give and receive gifts, not in our material selfishness or focus on ourselves. It's in that giving, that spirit, that we can see Jesus even in the giving of presents. You see, ultimately, all of the Christmas season is because of what happened in the manger. Every time you see a nativity scene, I don't know if you've noticed, every time you see a nativity scene, you see what? All eyes. It's kind of like a wedding when all eyes are supposed to be on the bride. In the nativity scene, all eyes are on the baby in the manger. At least that works when you're seeing a nativity scene that's been set up. I remember in the late 80s, we were at our first church, a mountain country church, and we did a Christmas program. And Bo, we dressed as a little sheep. He was two years old. And uh, he was supposed to stand there with the other sheep. The shepherds were supposed to control him, but he was two years old. And so he, we have a video of this. I couldn't find it. I was going to show it to you, but he probably killed me. I was going to show it to you. There was a microphone stand that had this bright silver around the bottom of it. And the whole program, you know, we're having this great message about Jesus and, and Bo's looking at the, himself in the reflection. I'm sure he's going, why do I have ears like this? And you can hear the crowd laughing. Unlike those kids' musical programs in the nativity, what does this tell us? That the shepherds made a journey And by the way, why is it of all the people that God could have come to, he could have sent his angels to, and in all of these amazing things that happened, has it struck you yet that the most central, the most important thing that happened, the total focus of all of these people, the angels and the shepherds and the magi later, all of them were about what? They were focused on this baby. They make this journey and they see him. And it touches them. Our eyes should be focused as theirs. Our eyes on His. And that moves us. If you truly want to know if the message of Christmas, if you're celebrating like you should, then you're going to share like the shepherds. You can't help but share. You see, my frustration is today, Not so much that our culture tries to take Christ out of Christmas because, listen, the world doesn't know him. And they're they're not going to want a holy celebration to get in the way of their fun. But for us Christians, it is not our best use of our energy to sit around and complain about people taking Christ out of Christmas. It is our best use of our energy, and by the way, the best for our spirit and our heart, if we focus on Jesus and spreading him to others, sharing him with others, not just with our words, but with our actions, with our service with the life energy. What did the shepherds do? Verses 17, 18, and 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Glorifying And praising God. It's pretty hard to do that without sharing it with others, isn't it? What's the most important sign? Luke tells us. Missionary Gene Doolin tells the story of being in Austria. And he came upon the most beautiful nativity scene he'd ever seen. Hand carved, the figures a little bigger than life size. And as he was marveling at this nativity scene, he saw an older woman and what looked to be her daughter and then her grandson, about three years old, and they were speaking a language he didn't understand, but as he saw the older woman point to Joseph and then Mary and then to Jesus, tears came into her eyes and and she was telling her daughter and her grandson and he knew. She was sharing the message, even though he couldn't understand it. This season, don't lose your focus. This season, have your eyes on the Christ child who grew up to be the Lord and Savior of the world. Fathers, we think about these things. We thank you for speaking truth to us today. I pray instead of us complaining about what goes on outside of us, that instead, you would move us to make a difference. Help us in our activities, in our decorations, in our cards, in our songs, in our activities. Help us today to be focused on the Christ child. What a miracle story this is. Glory to God. It moves us still. Today, Father, I pray that this season would be our best yet, that we would not only be blessed, but we would share and be a blessing. We would be focused on the most important sign, Jesus, your Son, our Savior. It's in his name that we come. Amen. It's ministry time. If you have a decision to make, we'd love to help you with that. Maybe it is to become a Christian. Maybe it is to join us formally here at Northside. Whatever the case. If you have a public decision, please come. But all of us have this decision before us. How will we spend the next three weeks or so Will we get in the rut? Will we lose sight? Or will we be focused on Jesus? Let's stand together and sing.